This is the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Welcome to the Extra Point. I am Cheryl Ross, the discipleship pastor here at Southridge Church, and I'm with our lead pastor, Scott Beha. Um, we are excited for this, even though if you are watching online, I want to let you know that this is a pre-recording, so we will not be able to answer any questions that you might put in the chat today. But if you have questions, still put them there or message them to us, and we will respond to those. But we're going to dive deeper into um, your Sunday teaching from Christmas Eve, where you explain how Jesus is a completely different kind of king, where other kings, politicians, or people from in power are often for themselves, but Jesus was and is in it for us from the beginning, from the cradle to the cross. And so um, one of the things that came to my mind when Um, hearing this was that many people have a really hard time believing that though. Like they have a hard time grasping and believing that some may um, believe it for others, but have a hard time believing that for themselves. Yeah. And then others might believe it for themselves, but not necessarily for everyone. And so why do you think it is that it's so hard for many of us to believe and understand that? Well, I think it's because we know ourselves the best. Mm-hmm. And normally we are hardest on ourselves. Um, outside of people that I think are probably really, really, really unhealthy, <laughs> we are the hardest on ourselves. And, it, it, and there's a form of unhealthiness in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just talking about like, arrogance on the other end. is just it, It's not helpful. But, like, we know ourselves so well, and so it's like, man, I've heard people say this all the time, and, like, I, I've, I've, I've got to, like, really – put this into practice in my own life like if if someone else talked to me the way that I talk to me I would want to punch them in the face yeah. right but like when I talk to me like that it's mm-hmm. like oh no big deal yeah. right so we are always hardest on ourselves and so we know all the stuff that we've done that's visible but we also know all the stuff that that's behind the scenes mm-hmm. and so I really do think that's why it's so hard for us to get a grasp on the fact that God wants anything to do with us mm-hmm. because we're like, look, if this God does exist and he is everything the scriptures say that he is, that he's loving, that he's holy, that he's righteous, that he hates sin, mm-hmm. then like when we look at ourselves, we're like, what would he want with me? Like, what would he want with broken down, beat up, sinful, made all sorts of bad decisions meet, what would he want with me when there's so many other people that look like way better candidates? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, actually, and I got into this Sunday, this is, the, this is the power of the story of the shepherds. Like, from the beginning of the story of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, it becomes very clear that Jesus was coming not for the elite, not for the people that had it all together. And the way that God made that clear to all of humanity from that point forward was that he revealed himself to shepherds first who were outcasts kind of in yeah. their society because they were this working class of people that they were 
away for long periods of time. Um, so they were ceremonially unclean at mm-hmm. times. They weren't really part of the worshiping community because of their work and things like that. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, they were really looked down upon mm-hmm. and kind of um, held outside. And in that message to the shepherds, in that that f- uh, when the the angels appear, it, mm-hmm. it says it's going to be good news for all people. Mm-hmm. And and that all people, like it's so hard for us to see ourselves in the all. Mm-hmm. But when you go and you look at the shepherds, it's like there's a reason why God did that. Yeah. God did not show up in Jerusalem and talk to Herod. He did right. not show up in Jerusalem and find the chief priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, yeah. the elite. He didn't go to the palaces. He went out into the field to the people that are forgotten, mm-hmm. that were looked down upon, that were outcasts in some way, that were separated from the religious community because of their, their occupation. And he started with them because the whole message from that point forward is going to be like, listen, this kingdom... That Jesus is a king and every king has a kingdom. And his kingdom is going to be so different. Mm-hmm. His kingdom is going to be a place not where the powerful thrive. And not where, the, um, where people can get an upper hand on somebody. It's going to be this place where the lower you go, the greater you are. Yeah. Like It's going to be this place where like you get the greatest glory... Mm-hmm. Not by focusing on yourself, but by focusing on others, and even to the point of giving up your own life. Like mm-hmm. it was going to be a completely different kingdom, and, and it starts with that idea that, like, hey, shepherds, even you, you're included in this. Mm-hmm. And so, no matter what it is that you've ever done, mm-hmm. you're probably hardest on yourself because you know all of that. But you have to realize, like, from the beginning, this message was yeah. clear. Even when it's hard for us to receive that, like we. That's one of those things you do have to like. Listen, I I I understand. Mm-hmm. I am very unworthy of this. Right. I there is nothing I like. It does. I could preach for mm-hmm. the next forty years, mm-hmm. and and all of that, and none of that would make me worthy of what God has done. Yeah. I could I could solve hunger. I could solve homelessness, and that would not earn me one more bit of favor with God than I already have because he is already totally in love with me mm-hmm. on my best day and on my worst day. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing to know and really receive and understand. Um, I think culture plays a big role in why it's hard for us to grasp because it goes so against our culture, especially today where it is, you know, all about ourselves and about oh, doing yeah. our own thing and, and that kind of stuff. But like, what I love about this message is that really, like, it's really the message of God throughout the whole of Scripture that yeah. you see. I mean, from the very beginning, God made it very clear that he was for us. I mean, it's why he sent, like, the Elijah to the widow. It's why he sent Jonah to Nineveh, yeah. you know, to the outsiders, Philip to the Ethiopian. Like, the least of these, those who seem like outsiders or lowly or unworthy to us, are not looked at in the same way by God. Yeah. Well, if you were paying, like, for people that are paying really, really close attention to the arc of this series, mm-hmm. you may feel like this week's a little bit of a contradiction because in week two, I mm-hmm. said, listen, you were made for God. God does not exist for you. Right. But now here, here's the, this is why you got to listen to the whole series, is yeah. the irony of the whole thing is that you exist for God. Mm-hmm. He does not exist for you. He mm-hmm. is self He's independent of you. He needs nothing from you. Mm-hmm. And yet, for some reason, everything that he did was for us. Yeah. Like, uh, people that have nothing to offer him. Like, 
Like if somebody, Megan, like I was talking to this uh, with Megan uh, at Christmas this year, um, because you know, all right, our parents are like when we go to buy them gifts for Christmas, it's very hard for me mm-hmm. because I go like, they don't need anything, right? Like whatever they have, like whatever they need, they're they're adults, they have money, they go mm-hmm. get it, mm-hmm. and it's the same like with God. It's like listen. He doesn't need anything from you. Yeah. He he just he he for whatever reason wants us mm-hmm. to be in relationship with him and he wants to be close to us and near us. Um and that's that's like so no I God doesn't exist for me. I exist for him. But then at the same time everything he does is for me. Mm-hmm. It's this like that that's blows your mind like when you think of it because and you have to have both sides of that because if you only have the God doesn't need me side, then you might get a really pessimistic view towards God. Yeah. But if you only have the God is for me side and you don't have that reverence mm-hmm. and that honor and that like, wow, look at the, like just standing in awe of who God is, then mm-hmm. you'll miss that side of it. So you really need both of it. Like God doesn't yeah. need me, but for some reason he chose me mm-hmm. and wants something to do with me. Yeah. Um, and you need both of those. And our culture is, you're right, it's, it fights against a lot of that mm-hmm. because our culture wants us to be independent. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't want us to rely on anyone. In fact, people, mm-hmm. you know, in our culture, if you're a person of faith, normally people that aren't faith people think that we're weak. Mm-hmm. Think, oh, you need you need a fairy tale to lean on. You need some invisible guy up in the sky, like, to help you get through funerals and things like that. Like, they, they view us as being weak because we're, like, because we are, we are dependent upon God. Mm-hmm. So they see that, but... I mean, on the other side of it, too, um, our culture also is, like, shifted so far to, like, um, you feel like all you ever hear now is people talking about, like, self-worth. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying these are, like, bad things, but, like, sometimes we build ourselves up. And, yeah. and, and, and society, by and large, is also removing this whole idea, like, no, like, like you still are kind of jacked up, right? Like, mm-hmm. you still do need... God, even though like everyone gets a participation trophy now and mm-hmm. and like everyone's special, like a little yeah. snowflake in their own like yes, God made you special, God's mm-hmm. crazy about you, but like we can go so far on the other e- extreme to where like mm-hmm. we don't see our own innate sinfulness, our own like mm-hmm. and so therefore we go in and on that spectrum we're 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 in the arrogant side of things. Mm-hmm. And so our culture kind of fights both ways on that. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you really just want to know what's most true about you, if you will go and look at what the person who made you has to say about you. Because mm-hmm. that's the truest thing about you. Yeah. Because true humility is not seeing yourself any less than you are. Mm-hmm. Right? Like for for you as a Christian mm-hmm. who's accepted Jesus as a lady, you are a daughter of the king. Mm-hmm. And that's that's big. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you've got a past, and you you are human. And so agreeing with God about what is true about us is what true, true humility is. It's not seeing yourself as less. It's not seeing yourself as more. It's just what does the Scripture say that God says about me? I agree with that. Right. And, and so, yeah, we, we, we have to be careful for all this messaging that our mm-hmm. culture wants to throw at us. That's why the Word of God is so transformative because it's subversive to all the messages that we're getting in all these other avenues. When you get on TikTok, you get on 
Instagram, Facebook, you get on YouTube, you, you turn on even some preachers nowadays, and mm-hmm. the Scripture actually subverts those cultural messages and goes like, no, 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 listen, in God's kingdom, things are different. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like this. It's not mighty and powerful looking to oppress, right. but it's like love towards those that are struggling and suffering, and mm-hmm. it's just a drastically different kingdom, mm-hmm. and all the messages of that kingdom subverts all the messages of our culture, mm-hmm. which is why the Christian life is so countercultural. Yeah. Um, in that. Yeah. Awesome. So now, what is one thing that maybe you would like to have covered or said in this series, but you didn't actually have a chance to? What is one thing I wish I could have shared? Um, I I think um, on the topic of Jesus being king, we really got into, like, I think I would have liked to have been able to flesh out more um, why he's a king worth following because this this past Sunday I just left it at because everything Mm -hmm. he did was for you. Mm -hmm. And that, like, only begins to scratch the surface of why. Like, I could have gone, and I did. I, I Like, when I came in the office Tuesday to start prepping this, I did not have a, a, a single scripture in mind. I had mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff floating around because I was like, I know that I'm going to talk about why Jesus is a king worth following and how he's a different king, but I didn't know what scripture I was going to land in because I had, I had the one that I went with in uh, Luke 10, mm-hmm. which talks about how he gave his life as a ransom for many, mm-hmm. and how he didn't come to be served, but mm-hmm. to serve, and how different that is than other kings. But I was also wrestling with, like, Philippians chapter 2, mm-hmm. where, like, um, Jesus being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Rather, he humbled himself to be obedient, even obedient to death on the cross. Therefore, God gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every tongue should confess in heaven and on earth. Mm-hmm. that Jesus is Lord, like, and I, I thought, well, you could go Philippians 2 and talk about how, listen, the arrogance of other kings, that's not this type of king. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could, like, you could go over and over and over into these different, like, um, you could go Isaiah, like, if you wanted to go Christmassy, like, you could go Isaiah 9, is it 9 or 7, one of the prophecies about Jesus, mm-hmm. wonderful counselor, mighty God, mm-hmm. everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, like, if you want to know what what this king is like, those mm-hmm. four things sum him up really good. Like, yeah. So, so I would say if if I didn't get to get into anything that I would really like to is like really walk through like okay, these ancient kings, they relied on their power, mm-hmm. but Jesus's power was actually most evident through the weakness that he showed on the cross, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I find this to be okay. So, so last night. Um, our kids are really into Harry Potter. Look, if you're super religious about stuff like this, don't send me an email. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you why right now. Yeah. There is, in my opinion, not many books or movie series that have a clearer picture yeah. of the story of Jesus yep. than Harry Potter. And I know all of you all are like, oh, that's no. witchcraft. And No, listen to me. I was watching this last night. Mm-hmm. If, and if you haven't seen or read Harry Potter by this point, Spoiler alert, okay? I'm just going to give it to you up front. Spoiler alert. Don't email me. I can't believe it. Uh, you, you've had your time. <laughs> you've had many years. <laughs> Listen, 
this is I was having this okay, so Harry yes. is the Horcrux that Voldemort never meant to create. Mm-hmm. Now for those of you that are not Harry Potter people, a Horcrux was like Voldemort, the, the evil dark lord in this, split himself in like seven different ways to preserve his own life in these different things. Well, part of him ended up in Harry. Now, that's not biblical. I'm not saying that there was a part of Satan in Jesus. But um, what has to happen in the movie right at the end of Deathly Hallows uh, Part 2 of the movie. Now, I didn't ever read the book, so I'm just like in on the movies. Um, Is Harry um, has to go out and allow Voldemort to kill him. So that way then he can be resurrected back to fully defeat evil. Mm-hmm. So like all of you anti-Harry Potter people, understand that that is the message of Harry Potter is that it's life through resurrection and the defeat of evil through resurrection. Mm-hmm. So you can take that up with Jesus if you don't like it. But the question I was asking last night to Megan as we were sitting there, I said, how did, how did Voldemort not know that Harry was a Horcrux. Meaning, because he knew every time that they destroyed one of them, he knew. Mm-hmm. So he had a connection to these things. He also has a connection to, to Harry that is very mm-hmm. evident. How does he not know mm-hmm. that killing him is actually going to lead to his own demise? Mm-hmm. And this is the beautiful thing when it comes to Jesus, like his power was seen through weakness. Had Satan known that influencing the Jews and the Romans to put him on the cross would be his very demise, I don't think he would have ever, ever killed right. him. He, he wouldn't have. But, like, God, like, goes, like, oh, yeah, show your power. Show your power. So I'm going to show my power through weakness that's ultimately going to topple your system mm-hmm. down and put it on its head. Mm-hmm. Like, and I saw that last time because I was thinking, I asked Megan, I said, why did he want to kill him? Mm-hmm. He has to know that that is going to be the writing on the wall for him. And the same thing, if Satan had known that God was sneaking in victory through death, he wouldn't have killed him. Mm-hmm. And that, that, like, it's amazing. Like, this kingdom is so different, and this king is so different, that, like, what looks like strength mm-hmm. or what looks like weakness is actually strength. What looks like, you know, oh, you, you should be honored. It's like, no, actually, it's the, the servants that should be honored. You want to be first, learn how to be last. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so bizarre. It is. Um, it, but, yeah, you see Jesus so clearly mm-hmm. through what looks like weakness actually being strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I was, I was just blown away. About, and I've, I've mentioned this so many times. Like, I'm telling you, Satan would have done everything in his power to not let Jesus die mm-hmm. had he known it yeah. would be his very demise. Like, this is what God does. God likes to use the tools of the enemy as the very demise of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Right? So death clearly belongs to the enemy. Mm-hmm. And he uses death to bring about life. Like yeah. it's, it, it's, it's amazing, and only God could do that. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, well, what is a message or a couple points that you really hope that we can leave with from the series as a whole? If we don't get anything else, I think week three um, of this series, I said Christianity is not about what you believe, but about allowing what you believe to change how you live. If we don't get anything else out of this series, I really hope that we get that. Yeah. Like, I I don't want to 
give my life to the teaching of the word mm-hmm. only to fill people's head with knowledge. Mm-hmm. I, I'm giving my life to the study and the teaching of the word ultimately so that way people will, will know how to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if you don't get anything other than that, I want you to know you, you could have all the right theology in the world. Mm-hmm. That, that's what they call in the, the theological circles orthodoxy. You could, you could have orthodoxy, like right believing, mm-hmm. but if you don't have orthopraxy, right practice, right living, mm-hmm. you don't have it. Right. You don't, like, you're missing it. Mm-hmm. And so don't fool yourself to thinking that you can mentally as- assent to this. Mm-hmm. It has to, like, the, the old preachers would say, the, the longest 18 inches is between your head and your heart. Like, getting what you know here into here, and they're 100% right. Mm-hmm. If, if your faith never leaves your head to get into your heart so it flows out through your hands, then you're missing what it means to be a Christian. Yeah, so good. I think that's something that I've really been trying to teach my kids even, too, yeah. is that idea that, like, because sometimes they can tell me what they've learned in class, but they don't understand what it means for them. Yeah. And that's how I feel like a lot of Christians live their lives is they can tell you kind of what they learned, but they don't really understand what they're, what like, they're actually supposed to do with yep. it or they just don't do it. And so, um, so good. So, um, we've enjoyed this series. I have, I hope you all have, um, uh, but join us again next week as we start off the new year with some more ma- practical next steps for your faith journey. And, um, if you have any questions from our Sunday teachings, be sure to send those into us. You can send them in the chat while we're recording live and we'll answer them or send them in our Facebook messenger. And all as always, you can listen to this podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to the extra point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge church podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of the extra point.